0: Hey, Colleen. Hey, Hannah. So, this is between a rock and a hard place, although it kind of looks like a storage closet.
1: But seriously, we're here to talk about life in Iraq.
0: Right. We talk to a lot of people about life overseas. I mean, we do have a whole podcast about it. (laughs) And we get a lot of people asking... Yeah, how to get how to get ready for that? And I think sometimes we give weird advice. Um sometimes I think we give very good practical advice.
1: Well, I feel like most of our advice is practical. So, that's what we're going to be talking about today is
0: how to how to be ready to serve internationally. I would submit that this would also work for like living in America. <laughs> yeah, even if you're not in like full time ministry of some kind, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of this is just really good life skills. Maybe um, so. We're going to cover, I think, six mm-hmm. six things, six areas to be prepared in. Um, it's
1: certainly not an exhaustive list. Oh, There's always more oh, you could for sure, do. No
0: probably the number one I mean it's number one on my list is knowing how to feed yourself
1: and I mean that literally um (laughs) like literally bring the fork to your mouth well know
0: how to have food and food that you like and how to how to make it I think we've talked about being impressed with one of our teammates in particular, Teresa, who seemed, seems to be able to, like, make magnificent meals out of, like, nothing.
1: Yeah, she can take the most basic and simple ingredients and turn them into a masterpiece.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like, how did you learn to do that?
1: And her answer almost always
0: is lots and lots of practice, like... Trying new things. Mm-hmm. And substituting. She's also lived internationally for like 17 years. Something,
1: like, something that. like that.
0: So she has lots of skill. But I think that there are some basic things that you can begin with. For example, you can't buy pre cut vegetables in Iraq. So, knowing how to deal with vegetables in their natural state. <laughs> their
1: fully raw state.
0: <laughs> yes. And and meat as well, because sometimes you can buy a whole chicken, but not boneless, skinless chicken breast or thighs. And so, right. the
1: basic knowledge of that is probably good. Have someone show you how to cut up a chicken, learn dicing and chopping and how, Well, and how slicing. to generally deal with veggies. Means how to cook them and, like, how also
0: to stay clean with those things. Right. Those are things that I would consider pretty basic kitchen skills. I mean, I eventually also learned stuff like how to make my own chicken stock and some rather crazy baking adventures um, that I got (laughs) onto that were more for my own sanity
1: than anything else. Well, and that's one of the bonuses of cooking. Right. I mean, because I did that, too. I... Eventually, made my own bagels and mm-hmm. you know, other things that other foods we couldn't get right. there because yeah. it was a joy to have them, right, and share them. But also, it was a joy to learn new skills and mm-hmm. make interesting and cool things. Yeah,
0: and a lot of that was Google and YouTube. Oh, you can learn so much on YouTube. Yeah. So if you don't have someone in your life that's a good cook, there are plenty of good YouTube channels. Yeah. So you can find, find those things. And I guess the general recommendation is have three meals that you can prepare from scratch, from scratch with ingredients that you will be able to find <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's not going to do you any good if like your best meal is macaroni and cheese with ham when you can't get macaroni or cheese, or ham. Know where you're going and what is likely to be available. Practice up on some of those things. Mm -hmm.
1: It'll have a lot of benefits.
0: Yeah, another part of that, going back to the vegetables, is knowing how to wash veggies, because most of the time I can recall getting potatoes that still had a lot of dirt on them. (laughs) Obviously you need to wash that. Do you know how to wash lettuce? without bleach some people do the bleach method some people do bleach water I, i don't like that we could get into all the details of that but this would be a very long podcast if we did and so like i said to you i like to know why things need to be done a certain way and so uh why why is it important that you need to know how to cook obviously you need to eat
1: Yeah, food is necessary for life. And while there
0: are restaurants and stuff, you're much more likely to get a parasite or food poisoning if you go out to eat than if you prepare in your own home. Those are the places I always got sick. Yeah, so that's a big one. Also, it can
1: make you feel less homesick Mm -hmm. because you can make foods that have some sort of familiar flavors
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I think we talked about that in one of our previous episodes that I love chocolate chip cookies and those always helped me feel better and so that is one of the few baking recipes that I actually have memorized exactly how to do each step of oh no kidding (laughs) yeah it can also save you money oh
1: yeah eating out is expensive no matter where you live
0: And it's a good way to serve other people. I mean, I think we would both agree that some of our best times with our teammates was sitting around a table, eating and laughing and sharing. Mm -hmm.
1: Or even some of our really good times with students or fellow teachers were having people over to either cook something or even if it was just a Christmas party, being able to have those chocolate chip cookies to share with Mm -hmm. your international friends that maybe have never had that before and are able to experience something new out of your culture. and
0: Yeah, and I think most cultures that I've experienced do expect to eat in your home at some point in, mm-hmm. in your friendship with them. In the U.S., I feel like we've really gotten into let's meet for coffee or let's go out for lunch to the point where it's weird to invite someone to your house. Yeah. Where almost every other culture... It's more like, of course, come to my house. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a sign of, I want to be friends with you. I want you to be part of my family. And so to be able to do that for other people, like to be able to reciprocate that is important. And it can be a source of joy. That's where my baking experiments got me to. Uh, Not always joy. (laughs) Sometimes very much frustration. It's that idea of being able to create something With your own hands and, like, see the final result and get some satisfaction out of that. Especially if you're in a place where you don't... You work and work and work and don't see a lot of results from your job or your relationships with other people. Sometimes it's just satisfying to be like, I may not have made any progress at work today, but I cooked an entire chicken and it is delicious. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: accomplishments. It's funny that you got that sense of accomplishment out of cooking. I feel like sometimes I did. Maybe not quite to the extent you did, but sometimes the times where I felt the most accomplished were actually for our point number two. Learning basic home maintenance skills. Mm. Being able to take something that's not working in your home and either make it work Mm -hmm. or... Make it so that it's not imminently dangerous while you find someone who else who can make it work. Uh, I think are the, the main keys.
0: And that here. seems like a low standard, but I mean, it is a rock. And so, not imminently dangerous is, is important. Right. So,
1: things like knowing basic plumbing. Learn how a toilet functions. Like, the whys of it. Not just the pieces, because... International toilets aren't going to look exactly like American toilets. Right. or But the, the concept of how they work is generally the same. So, learn also, like, where you turn off water and what mm-hmm. water turnoffs look like. When you have something absolutely flooding all over your house, know to look for pipes and shutoffs and things like that. So, have someone walk through basic home plumbing. Again, YouTube or YouTube. Maybe we'll should find some videos that we can link to this one. Yeah. Also basic electrical skills. This is where the imminently dangerous <sighs> part comes yeah, in. Yeah, buddy. Um it's like how to turn off a breaker? Like if there's live electrical wiring somewhere in your house or something is smoking or any of those things, you need to know, like, this is how electricity works and, like, this is where my breaker box is and this is how to shut it off. Yeah,
0: Um, and I would say even protection from electricity because mm -hmm. I think you and I have both experienced that we've turned the (laughs) breaker off and it hasn't turned off the electricity. Right, because wiring is weird. Yeah. So, rubber-soled shoes are your
1: friend. And rubber gloves. (laughs) And rubber gloves. But also learn the basics of how to rewire a light switch or Mm -hmm. an outlet. Um, Those things break often. Yeah. And having the idea and the understanding about, like, positive and negative and how all those things go together, even if you don't have exactly the same switch or exactly the same outlet if you can understand how those things work you can apply those across and um, what a ground is and and what what you should ground to and and not you should not ground it to so if you ground it to your water pipe and And then (laughs) it's a bad plan my friend um so there's lots of things that you can also then diagnose well sure and help you know, find the right person to help you with, Mm -hmm. or uh, in some cases, having that little bit of understanding will keep you from getting scammed by some unscrupulous, unscrupulous repairman who wants to leave something in a half-done or dangerous state. Right. I think also with this home maintenance is knowing how to properly clean a house Mm. and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially if you live in a Middle Eastern culture where cleanliness is considered next to godliness. Yes. Super Um, important. Your very status as a human being could be called into question by how dirty you might be. Um, so things like know how often to wash your sheets and towels, mm-hmm. um, know how to clean different kinds of flooring, Right. basic stain removal. A wood floor and a t- tile
0: floor and a carpet floor are all going to be very all different. All going to
1: be different. Um, and also know what kinds of cleaning supplies you can use that are uh, general. So, right. you know, you may have The thing that you grew up with your mom using to clean bathrooms and that particular product may not be available in a foreign country. Mm. So what do you use instead? Right. So learning some of those universally available vinegar, ammonia, what you can do with water and those kinds of things really helps. And I would
0: add to that knowing which of those things not to mix together. Right. (laughs)
1: Because chemistry... Chemistry. (laughs) Chemistry will get you. It's kind of like those universal laws of, like, gravity. Right. You you can't just ignore them and have them
0: not happen. (laughs) And if you don't know if something should be mixed together, don't mix it.
1: Don't mix it. Look those up. I mean, these, so these also have a good why. Like, they help you if you're in an emergency maintenance situation, If, like I said, if you've got water flooding all over, um, you can use that to help your teammates and other people around you and especially local people who maybe also have never been taught how to rewire their light switch. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a teammate install
0: new light fixtures in my house Nice, and it like revolutionized my life. It was so amazing. And I was like, I I do not have the skills to know how to do this. And I'm so grateful that you do.
1: I did a lot of different plumbing stuff, rewired some light switches, because, um, well, partly because in my house, one of them was in upside down. Um, <laughs> of course. And, and when you don't have electricity and you're trying to, like, shut off all the lights so you can go to bed and not wake up with the lights coming on in the middle of the night, then it really helps to have all the light switches go in the same direction. Yes. I also, yeah, did some repairs on things like our dryer door broke. And so it wasn't running. And I was able to pull it to pieces and figure out how to put it back together and add some weird little metal bits to make it work. And that was the kind of thing that even a repairman there, because it was brought from Europe, wouldn't have known how to fix anyway. And then also, you can know what you don't know, so that when you do come across a problem that you can't fix, you know you can't fix it, and so you don't, oh, electrocute yourself or do something weird.
0: Right. And it makes you aware of maybe that there's a bigger problem, that Mm. you're like, oh, this isn't just that this socket keeps going out, it's that, like, some kind of
1: wiring is weird and somebody else needs to come and deal with this. Yeah. Um, Or, like, the water coming out of my kitchen sink is electric. I don't know how to solve that problem. Right. I think maybe we need help.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when you combine water and electricity, it you need someone that knows how to deal with Let's one or both of those things. just say we
1: washed a lot of dishes wearing rubber gloves in those days. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, that's a wise move. <laughs> I like stickers, Colleen. So do I. And we're not just talking about things we like on this podcast. Although... Although Mostly. (laughs) Yeah. But we want to share some cool stickers with
1: you guys. So here's what you need to do. Go to this post for this episode on Facebook or Instagram.
0: This episode, not other episodes.
1: And tag somebody you love.
0: And then you'll
1: get a sweet uh,
0: Facebook message or Instagram message from me or Colleen. We'll get your address. And we will send you Between a Rock and the Heart Place sticker and an awesome note autographed by us that you can sell on eBay for no money.
1: Yay! Also, the ability to repair your own things means you don't have to hire someone else to do it, which is one of the ways you can live economically. Yes. Um, So even before you move overseas or anything like that, you need to practice living economically. Learn to budget and Mm -hmm. start saving. You never know what kind of stuff is going to come up. It's expensive to move to a foreign country. It's a challenge to you know, come across things that you need that you didn't expect because you can't expect everything. So, learn to budget. Start saving. Shop wisely.
0: Yeah, like, if something is cheaper doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best thing for you to buy. Also, we tend to buy a lot of stuff that
1: we don't actually need. Narrow down the things that you need and buy decent quality items that are going to last so that you don't have to shop all the time for new things to replace the low quality ones that you bought before.
0: And just knowing how to do without something. Knowing what things are necessities and what things are luxuries or like near necessities. I feel like there's a gap between necessary and luxury that's like useful You don't necessarily need it, but it will make your life easier. I don't want to say don't buy those things,
1: because sometimes it's worth it. Yeah, but give it a second evaluation. Right. Um, Especially because the next part of this is really just to stop accumulating stuff. Um, Especially if you're planning on moving to a foreign country, you cannot take the stuff with you. Right, you can't take the majority (laughs) of the stuff with you. You will have, at most, two large suitcases. For example
0: cast iron pans are a great investment yes they're a wonderful piece of equipment you cannot pack a cast iron pan in your suitcases and pack everything else that you might need because weight limits right so it might be a wise investment it might be something that you would use that would be very useful but it may not be practical to carry halfway around the world that being said, I did bring back a cast iron pan <gasps> from Iraq, a it was one. a tiny
1: one, so it felt justified. I still use it every day. I know that minimalism is a really popular concept lately, and I think there are some values to some of those sure. things when you are living internationally and you know trying to live economically and trying to use your funds to their fullest and best extent. So, I mean, there are a lot of benefits to this. It Allows you to be more generous. Mm-hmm. You can give more freely if you're not spending as much on yourself, yourself, <laughs> or your house, or, <laughs> or your house, or stuff that you're not actually going to use or mm-hmm. keep. Like I think a lot of it is just taking an extra moment to evaluate what it is you're actually going to use, what you're actually going to get the most out of, right? And it makes it easier
0: to let things go. Because I know, for me, it was harder moving back to the U.S. because I had accumulated all of this stuff there that it was like, these are the things that are my life. And I have to—I got four suitcases because I had somebody else come with me. Oh, that's nice. So that was pretty smart. But it was still like, I bought this furniture. I needed the furniture. I still
1: miss my table.
0: It was beautiful furniture. I loved that furniture. There was no way I was going to get it back to the U.S., Right. So having that mindset, even when I bought that furniture and being like, I need this, I like it, but it is not mine forever.
1: It's temporary. Right. And honestly, again, no matter whether you're moving overseas or not, everything we have is temporary. Right. It's all just stuff. Yeah. We're not going to take it with us when we die. Right. So... I think that's part of it is I feel like moving back and forth overseas has given me, yeah, a better perspective on having less mm-hmm. to the point where I actually enjoy it sometimes more. At this point, we have a lot of stuff in our house and I'm a little bit like, we should throw everything out. Give it all, give it all away, not right. just throw it away. But I think also it has allowed us to practice contentment when we don't have the easiest tool to use, you know, do something where we have to find a workaround for something else.
0: And it adds value to the things that you already have. Like my tiny little cast iron skillet. I was like, this is something that is valuable to me, not only because it is practical and useful, but because every time I use it, I'm going to think about my mornings in Iraq. Those are habits that I wanted to continue in the U.S. So bringing that back every time I see it, it's like, remember, take your morning slow, enjoy your day. This is a thing, a habit you started in Iraq that you want to remember here. I think minimalism tends to get rid of even the sentimental things in your Mm. life. And I don't think that's necessary. Sentimental things are okay, and it's okay to take them with you. But you need to think very carefully about them. And I think that's also true When it comes to your health. Number four. Right. It's important to have healthy habits before you, I mean, just in life generally.
1: But especially if you're going to live overseas, Mm -hmm. where your life and your schedule are not necessarily going to fit in the same expected patterns as they are in the U.S.
0: Yeah, and so I think this is both physical and mental health. So for me, it was having a routine as much as I could. I couldn't have the same routine every day. Having this, these expectations of this is the time I'm going to get up every morning. Mm -hmm. And this is my target window for going to bed. It didn't always hit the earliest, but I got in there somewhere. I found that if I could do that, those two ends of my day, how my day starts and how my day ends, I generally had control over that. Um, And that was really important for my health. Some people... Need to have an exercise routine every day. I think everyone should have some form of exercise every day. Knowing that you need that is important. And making a point of making sure that it happens while you're there. Um, having people that will keep you accountable for it.
1: Yeah, and that can be a really big challenge. Right, yeah, absolutely. And that's why this kind of thing needs to become a priority in the U.S. when it's not as challenging in some ways Mm. as it is living overseas, especially as a single woman where exercising in public is not always allowed Mm. or, you know, is kind of taboo. And so being purposeful with that Mm. in ways that build the foundation for you to be able to be purposeful for it in the future.
0: That includes what you eat. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be really tricky to find healthy things traditionally american healthy things uh in iraq there's no quinoa there's rarely if ever kale they're not big into superfoods but if you know basically i need to eat vegetables and fruit and these are some good starches and these are the proteins that i can get and that i can eat and also knowing your your triggers for i know when i get really stressed out All I want to do is sit down and eat chocolate or chips or popcorn or, you know, whatever. I don't think it's necessarily, like, to be healthy, you have to give those things up. But to know what your tendency is Mm -hmm. and when you tend to go to food for comfort rather than than to God or to having a conversation with someone else that will help you work through that.
1: Um, Not using... Unhealthy habits as coping mechanisms for stress right. or frustration or pain. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you want to get super practical,
0: take a first aid class. It was shocking to me how very little first aid Kurds were aware of. Or it, it is just not part of their their cultural training. People who deal with medicine are doctors and nurses and... Only the very, very smartest of the culture can right comprehend those things right and so if you have a headache it's not just like here take two panadol or tylenol or whatever and you'll feel better i have to go to the pharmacist and tell him what my symptoms are and he should give me a prescription or you know my favorite i fell down on the playground and i broke my arm of course now you scraped a little bit skin off your elbow you're gonna be okay Yeah, and again, first aid, kind of like electricity and plumbing, lets you know, oh, you fell down and hit your head, you should go to a doctor. (laughs) Right, versus... Versus you fell down and scraped your elbow, you're bleeding a little, you'll be fine.
1: How about a Band-Aid?
0: Right, so first aid basics. And things like what to do with a fever, when is a fever dangerous?
1: Or even slightly more extreme things, this kid fell down and is now gushing blood from the side of their head, you might be the only person who has any idea what to do with that. Right. Even if it's not remotely life-threatening, mm-hmm. the idea that you could clean it up and, you know, keep it from continuing to bleed profusely right. in the time it takes to get them to the doctor. Those kinds of things can be just so, so helpful. Been there. Right. Done that. <laughs> right. Right. And again,
0: I think that's something that we kind of take for granted, that our parents growing up, if we had a scrape or a bruise, wash it out, put a Band-Aid on it, pat us on our butts, send us on our way. And that's not really the way most people are raised in Kurdistan. And I think part of, part of all of this, part of the reason we're talking about health is that you're going to get sick. You get sick in America, you're going to get sick anywhere else you go, uh, I think. Maybe even more,
1: because the germs there are different.
0: Right. And especially being a teacher, if you haven't been around a plethora of children.
1: <laughs> who all bring all of their all of unhygienic their habits to the school. Right. You're going to get sick.
0: And so knowing how to take care of yourself in those situations and like you said in emergency
1: situations knowing how to deal with things and also i mean some of those earlier things knowing how to take care of yourself to keep from getting sick Mm -hmm. and to deal with stress and pressure in healthy ways number five
0: number five um this is a little bit of a different tack and that is that it's important to know how to communicate well again this is a skill for life Do you know how to write a good email? Do you have good speaking skills? If you're going to serve internationally, someone is going to want you to talk about it at some point. You should know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you don't feel like you're great at it. Even if it terrifies you down to your bones. Right. It's still one of those things that, like, you can practice it. You can get better at it. It may still terrify you. Uh Uh-huh. But you're going overseas. That's a terrifying thing. Like, you can handle speaking in front of a crowd. Courage. Courage, my friends. Right. That's kind of like the baseline for it is be able to do those things. In addition to that, if you want to go, like, the next level down is make sure that you have people that you communicate about how you are as a person and where you are in your thought process. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the buzzword of accountability, people that will keep you in check for things. I think that's really important. I think that's something that I lacked in the early years of my time in Iraq. And it was something I was able to build through SGI with people at SGI. And I did have close friends in the U.S. who would check in on me. But I don't think I did a good job of... Having someone that I was like, hey, every week, you and me, email,
1: phone call, something. Mm -hmm. Um, Having someone that you can communicate with openly about how you're doing when you're doing bad and mm -hmm. when you're doing good and when you really just want to curl up
0: and cry. Part of that is knowing how to deal with conflict. Theoretically, if you're an excellent communicator, you would never have conflict If everyone in the whole world communicated clearly, but everyone in the whole world does not communicate clearly, which means you're gonna have conflict. We are broken people. Yeah, and so having a plan in place for how you will deal with that when it comes up, a plan that is not a checklist necessarily, but a general, like, I am going to treat people this way. Mm-hmm. If I have a, you know, if I have a problem with you, I'm going to come to you and talk about it First. before I talk to anyone else about it. Mm-hmm. And if you and I can't resolve that problem, this is the person that I'm going to go to next. Or this is the type of person I'm going to go to next. Right. You know, I'm going to find a neutral party that's friends with both of us that can help both of us deal with this. Knowing, if you're going with an organization, knowing what their structure is for dealing with conflict right, is really important so that you can act within that. And also, just, if you want practice interacting with people, go out and interact with all the different kinds of people you can think of to interact with. Yeah, expand. Widen your social circles. Right. Don't stay just in your little church group. I mean, not there's anything wrong with having a good core of friends, but expand beyond that. Try something different. Um, Take a buddy with you to do those things. Sure, you
1: sure. don't have to to do it on your own. Um, you will learn so much about your patterns of communication and the things that you assume mm-hmm. about how people interpret what you mean right. or how you assume you're being you know understood. That isn't necessarily accurate. Accurate. Right. Outside of. The communication patterns within that little group of people.
0: I think we experience that to some extent in other ways too, not just internationally. The more you can experience people not understanding you or dealing with a new situation, the better you get to know yourself mm-hmm. and how you communicate and how you come across to other people and you can adjust that.
1: Also, be aware of who you are on social media. This is something I spend a lot of time talking to our uh, candidates about. The way we normally communicate on social media often does not take into account all of the ways that that communication could be received by people who think differently than us. Right. And so to be really aware of who you are on social media and ask the question, if this is all someone knew about Jesus, if this is all someone knew about me, if this is all someone knew about my organization, mm. what would they think? How would they define that? And to realize that there are aspects of that that you are not going to be aware of, things that you post that you're not going to interpret that way. Someone going to the Middle East, it's their strapless prom dress that is perfectly modest and considered perfectly normal in American context, but To a Middle Easterner is going to look like you might be a lady of the night.
0: Right. Or a picture of you with your arm around your brother. They don't know that that's your brother unless you explicitly say somewhere, look at me and my brother. Like, it's not necessarily that that's a bad picture Mm -hmm. or it needs to be taken down.
1: You just may need to explain it more. Right. Um, So that they don't think that, you know, you're a loose woman hanging out with men. Right, so communicating clearly
0: through your social media. Yeah, I think a lot of times we kind of mindlessly post things.
1: Because Um, we assume that all of our friends are the ones who are going to see it, and they all think like we do. When, especially if you're preparing to go overseas, you're going into an environment where people do not think like you do and do not communicate like you do. Mm -hmm. And so you need to start planning now. Don't wait till you get there and have a whole bunch of conflicts and problems. Start planning now and curating your your news feed to be an appropriate representation of who and what you really want it to be.
0: The point of all of that is that you need people um, in your life. God doesn't call us to be lone wolves. He calls us to be in community. You are partly responsible for that community and Mm -hmm. how you build that community around you. And if you are not already building, I mean, that's one thing... That I, as a recruiter, look at when I talk to people is what is your community now Mm -hmm. where you
1: are? Because how well you can build a good community where you are is also going to determine how skilled you are at building a community Mm -hmm. in a foreign culture.
0: Yeah. And as we've talked about before, uh, the problems that you have here don't go away when you leave. You take them with you. And they just get bigger. And so the good habits you have here also go with you. And people want to know how to pray for you. They want to know how to communicate well with you. Mm-hmm. They want to know how they can help you. Yeah. And so if you are not communicating that to them, they're, they're not going to do it. They're not going to be able to help um, you even if they want to. Right. So far in my life, I have yet to meet a mind reader. And so... Uh, Neither have I. I. I don't believe they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, I must communicate well in order for people to know the things that I want and the things that I need. But I think the number one thing, which we left for number six, because you got to end with a bang, right? Right. Most important for last. Uh, is you, you really, really need to have good spiritual habits. I don't know how to emphasize this <laughs> enough. Right. This is one of those things that it can feel like you are a crazy person when you talk about how dark it can be to be in ministry. People don't like to hear that. Everybody wants things to be sunshine and daisies and right. optimism and... And, you know, how how much the Lord is blessing you because you are dedicating your life to, to serving Him. And while it is true... That God blesses you when when you serve Him.
1: Sometimes He blesses you through suffering. Right. <laughs>
0: yes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you got to learn a lesson, and going outside of your comfort zone is part of that lesson. But again, if you don't have the structure and the foundation to communicate well with God and have Him communicate with you, if you don't, if you're not holding those pathways open in the U.S., where it is very easy. It is still very easy to be a follower of Christ in America.
1: It's not so easy in other parts of the world. If you've only known the U.S., you may not have the concept of what that difference really does look like. But yeah, I would say the number one habit is prayer Mm -hmm. and making it a, a habit, habit, habit. Scheduled to of prayer, making sure that when you say you're going to pray for someone, you don't just forget about it, right. but actually following yeah. through on those things, yeah. praying for your ministry, for yourself, yeah. sometimes praying in the midst of whatever it is that's going on. I mean, I can't tell you the number of classes I stood up in front of where things were not going well, and I prayed while I taught. And sure, it's not out loud. It's not, it's, God, help me know how to engage these students well. God, help me know how to control this classroom. Keep me from flipping out on these students right. and losing my temper and bursting into tears. Right. Or help me see what it is that's really going on in this kid's life. Because he helps. And not just praying on your
0: own either, like having mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that pray with you. And I think there's a difference between having people pray for you and having people pray with you. It's important to pray with someone in the moment that they share something with you. And that's not always easy to do, especially... I feel so awkward. Internationally.
1: Yes. And there are appropriate times for that. And sure. That,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, that goes back to having that accountability for all the other things you also need someone who will pray with you in the moment. Because I love to be prayed over. I feel like that's a weird thing to be, like, super excited about. But whenever somebody's like, can I pray for you about that right now? I'm like, yes, please do. Yes, please. <laughs> like, I would love that. Um, I've never had someone respond badly to that. It's true. It can be one of the most rejuvenating things is to have someone pray over you or pray with you. Through something, and that could be a teammate, or a roommate, or someone in the U.S. Or you know, you may have a really good relationship with a national believer, and it might be that person too. Make a habit of of doing that. It it gets less awkward the more that
1: you you do it. Practice habits. Yes, good habits. Uh, also, find access to good teaching. Mm-hmm. Whether that's at a local church, sometimes there are churches in yeah. places you know around the world but sometimes there's not really good teaching even if there's a good fellowship group or bible study group a lot of the people who live overseas are not there as a pastor and right. so they may not have that skill set so maybe some of the good teaching you find is a good book series or a personal bible study or a podcast of sermons mm-hmm. or something else that also continues to feed you truth again know your
0: own your own weaknesses your own areas where you are likely to fall into sin um, and have accountability for those again because you bring your problems with you they don't they don't just cease to exist once you get out and start serving they get worse and so knowing what those are and and having safeguards in place
1: your weaknesses are where you're going to be attacked spiritually mm-hmm. um, spiritual warfare is real right there are seasons of spiritual drought. All of these things are things that you will go through no matter where you are in life. I can guarantee you will happen living overseas. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be prepared for those and prepared to deal with that by going to the Lord in prayer and by going to the word to hear from Him. Having that community of people that keep you accountable and help you deal with stress and the pressure.
0: And the only, the only other thing I would add to that is, is knowing the word of God. I don't necessarily mean like you have to memorize the entire book of Matthew. You know, sometimes having scripture prayed over you or having it brought to mind in those moments where you feel like I'm going to murder everyone. You can only do that if that scripture is constantly in your life in some way. Yeah. It can't come out unless it's been put in. Right. Whether that's a time of reading your Bible devotionally every day, or you do decide that you're going to memorize the first eight chapters of Romans, or, I mean, for me, I always felt like it was easier to memorize the Psalms, Mm -hmm. um, and those applied to my life quite frequently. Mm -hmm. But knowing, knowing the Word of God and reminding yourself of it frequently... Tile walls are great to write scripture on. Yeah, we
1: wrote a ton of scripture on our tile walls.
0: But yeah, having those things is is important. And everyone needs that. It doesn't make you less of a person or less of a good Christian because you need it. It makes you, if anything, more of a good Christian because you're aware of how much you need it. Yeah, because we all need it. So as you think about these things um, and as you prepare, I guess our challenge to you is to pick... One or two things from this podcast. I know you were definitely taking notes through all of it. Good uh-huh. work. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we didn't tell you to shake notes, so don't feel bad if you didn't. You can always re-listen to it. Pick one area from each thing that we've talked about, maybe from a few. Um, maybe just start with one. Maybe just start with one, yeah. Just start with and one. And say, you know, this is an area I want to improve on, and this is how I'm going to do it. And this month,
1: I'm going to learn to cook one meal from scratch really well or this month I'm gonna watch or learn from some person how plumbing works yeah I'm gonna start establishing an accountability
0: relationship and if you need advice on any of that we can help you we would love to help you improve your life in that way we're not a life improvement podcast we're
1: not life coaches but no but we know a few things let us know yeah let us know what you're doing facebook or instagram or on our website at servantgroup.org
0: yeah and if you have a question that we haven't answered yet send us an email or facebook message we'd love to hear from you
1: thanks for listening not not dance moves
0: those would be sick moves (laughs) um